Thanksgiving is around the corner. And you know, at this point, we probably would have normally been smelling some uh, some cooked turkey downstairs and stuffing and sweet potatoes and all that. Am I making you hungry? And uh, everything else uh, downstairs, and we'd be gearing up for that. And uh, as 2020 has uh, uh, shown us, it's not going to be the same thing again. <laughs> it's not going to be normal. A little different. And... Uh, this time is a little different as well, too. But uh, what isn't different is that we still can worship the Lord. We can still come together like this, either online or together like this. Yes, we are restricted in, in a little bit in a ways, but um, it's nothing compared to uh, what we have and uh, uh, who we serve and who loves us. And I think that uh, for the one who is a follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. If you are a Christian, if you follow Jesus, then every day should be a day of thanksgiving. And uh, as we'll see here in this portion of scripture as well. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 17, and it's verses 11 through 19, and it's about the lepers. And we're going to look at that and uh, hopefully glean some, some good um, truth from this portion of scripture. So in Luke Chapter 17, starting with verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Very interesting portion of scripture. And as we look at this, we, probably some things pop out at you, on the, especially with the one leper coming back being a Samaritan. But uh, that, that holds a lot of uh, significance there as well. But most of us are familiar with the uh, traditional story of Thanksgiving, where William Bradford of Plymouth Rock proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving to celebrate the survival of the pilgrims in their second year in the New World as well as a, a huge harvest that they had gained with the help of the Indians as well. But most people don't know that the first American Thanksgiving didn't happen in 1621 with this group of pilgrims who shared a feast with a group of friendly Indians. The first recorded Thanksgiving actually took place in Virginia more than 11 years earlier, and it wasn't a feast. The winter of 1610 at Jamestown had reduced a group of 409 settlers all the way down to 60. The survivors prayed for help without knowing when or, or how it might come. And when help arrived in the form of a ship filled with food and supplies from England, a prayer meeting was held to give thanks to God. Now, you would think that after seeing so many of their loved ones die due to hardships of the new world, they would not feel that thankful. But the opposite was true. 
they realized they had plenty to be thankful for. Now, we often don't realize how blessed we are or, or how thankful we ought to be until what we have is threatened to be taken away. You would think that 2020 with COVID-19 and wildfires, mur- murder hornets, shutdowns and restrictions and basically an altered state of normalcy would cause us to realize how blessed we've been. How many of you back in the spring and the beginning of COVID-19 were thankful just to see a package of toilet paper on the grocery store shelf? <laughs> it was just, wow, this is great. It made us, made us be really thankful for toilet paper. It's a good, it's good and fitting that as Christians we ought to celebrate Thanksgiving because God has certainly been good to every one of us. For the one who is a follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of Thanksgiving. Now someone once said that gratitude is the source for all other Christian virtues. If that's the case, then maybe we need to reason that ingratitude is most likely the source of many of our faults. (laughs) When we begin to take for granted what God has done for us, then we become calloused and we become filled with pride and then God can no longer use us. For the one who is a follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. Now here in the the passage of Scripture that I read uh, today, there were ten lepers who met Jesus and had a life-changing encounter with the Lord. And, and when you break this story down, down to its simplest elements, it basically describes every Christian. <laughs> we are outcasts from the kingdom of God. We're on our way to certain death. But then we had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. While we should never look back on, on the pleasures of sin we should never forget where the Lord has brought us from, where we've been and what God, where God has taken us and out of. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 51, verse 1. He said, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. So, in other words... Look at where God has brought you from and remember what God has done for you. Remember the place where you first met God in His mercy and grace. Some of you remember that moment, receiving that forgiveness and and His mercy and grace just pouring out upon you. But what's so significant about these lepers who who were healed is that out of the ten, only one returned to say thank you. There were nine who didn't take the time to say thank you. And you translate that truth to uh, people today in this world and time. And we could say that nine out of ten people never really pause to give thanks for what they have. I heard of of, uh, some suggestions as why the other nine never returned to give thanks. which kind of reveals a lot about human nature. Here's some suggestions for the other nine. One waited to see if the cure was real. One waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One decided that he had never had leprosy. (laughs) One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave the glory to the priests. One said, oh well, 
Jesus didn't really do anything. And one said, any rabbi could have done it. And one said, I, I was already much improved. And of course, then there was the one who returned to give God thanks. What I want to do today is I want to share with you uh, several truths from this passage of Scripture in Luke that I hope will cause us to truly give God thanks for all He has done for us and realize, again, that for the Christian or the follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. So notice, first of all, the leper's condition. Notice their condition. Most of us have heard stories of the horrors of having leprosy in biblical times. It was horrible. It was a horrible disease to have. Not only was there the pain of the disease itself, but there was also the stigma that went with having the disease. Stay away. <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't come near. And they were isolated. The Mosaic law pronounced the leper as being unclean. and They were not fit to enter into the tabernacle or later the temple to worship. They could no longer live with their families, but the law required them to live outside the city. So again, isolation. The law required that they tear their clothes as a sign of extreme sorrow, and that their faces be covered, and that they cry out unclean whenever anyone came close to them. Does this sound a little bit like 2020 with COVID-19? <laughs> faces covered and calling unclean if you have COVID. Anyway. So their faces were, were hidden, representing that no form of closeness could be known to them. In, in the Hebrew tradition, the face was seen as being the most intimate part. You couldn't really know someone until you could see their face. And think about it. You come in today and you see everyone with masks on. Now it's kind of hard to get an idea of, you know, did Pastor Jim shave this morning? <laughs> You'll never know until I take off the mask. Uh, is, you know, did he shave everything off? Is it all gone? <laughs> Again, you don't know. You only see from here, and that's all you get. And it's kind of hard sometimes when you're, uh, when I've gone to the store, I've always wondered, am I walking by somebody I know? Because <laughs> I only see this part only. And I uh, wonder about that. But when the Jews were commanded to seek the face of God, they were commanded to seek his presence. Because uh, the same Hebrew word for face is the same word for presence. So to be a leper meant no intimacy with anyone, no friendship with anyone. You were isolated and a total outcast. Now leprosy was considered a disease that the Jews understood to be inflicted for the punishment of some particular sin and to be a mark of God's displeasure. You got leprosy, you must have done something wrong and God... God is displeased with you. So you, as a leper, you essentially lost everything. You lost your family, you lost your job, you lost your money, and you lost your self-esteem, too. And notice in verse 12 of, of Luke chapter 17, it describes these lepers as standing at a distance. Rabbinic tradition said that they had to stand at least 100 paces from anyone. Hell, you think six feet is bad. hundred paces from anyone else. They could not even come close to Jesus. Now, the reason uh, I spent so much time here describing leprosy this morning is because it's, it's basically a picture 
of sin and what Satan wishes to do to every single one of you here today. Bible Dictionary, Easton's Bible Dictionary says that this disease of leprosy was the outward and visible sign of the innermost spiritual corruption, a meat emblem in its small beginnings, its gradual spread, its internal disfigurement, its dissolution little by little of the whole body, of what of that which corrupts, degrades, and defiles man's inner nature and renders him unmeet to enter the presence of a pure and holy God. So leprosy, going through the body and slowly disqualifying that person, not only uh, to be in the tabernacle and like that, but even for life. And I'm not going to equate leprosy with sin, of course, but there are some important similarities between them. Like the leper, we too were isolated from true intimacy with God. Like the leper, we too were outcasts from the kingdom of God. Like the leper, we, we also were in the process of losing everything to sin. And like the leper, we too were being destroyed by that which was in our bodies, the law of sin and death. All those things, before you knew Jesus as your Savior, were happening. We were in fact, in fact a leper before God. And then Jesus came and he brought healing to us. So that's the leper's condition, situation that they have to deal with. And notice then the leper's cry in this portion of Scripture. In verse 13, we're told, as Jesus was about to enter into the city, that these lepers who had to stand at a distance began to cry out loud to, to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have pity or have mercy on us. And again, 100 paces away, <laughs> they had to yell pretty loud for that to happen. And that was all that they could do. No physician could heal them. No medicine could cure them. They were completely helpless before this deadly disease. And we like to think that uh, we are pretty sufficient in our own means, that we are capable of handling life. But the truth is, we are born helpless into this world. And we are helpless to stand before sin and Satan. We can't take care of that ourselves. We stand condemned by sin and we are totally helpless. Romans 5, 6 tells us at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And praise the Lord that that happened. Here in the Greek, to be without power means to be totally helpless. And like these lepers, we were helpless to stop our destruction. All we can do is cry for mercy. And again, here in the Greek, the Greek word for mercy is eleo, or have mercy or compassion on us. I heard it said that there's a difference between mercy and grace, which are often kind of confused. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you deserve. <laughs> I said grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you deserve. Remember, mercy is not getting what you deserve. I would like I would think that these men, these lepers, realized that they were sinners and whatever they had received, they deserved. But now they are crying out for mercy, for relief from their, their sufferings. 
They're asking Jesus to help them. They're begging the Lord to have compassion on them, to help them in their time of need. And their only hope was placed on this man, Jesus. Everything had come down to this moment, to this, to this moment, this encounter with Jesus. Aren't you glad that when your only hope, uh, only hope that you have is, is placed on Jesus, that Jesus is there for you no matter what, and that is your hope? He will be more than enough. Jesus had compassion on them, and he told them to go and present themselves to the priests as the law commanded. And the priest would inspect them and give them a clean bill of health so they could rejoin their communities and families, go back to worship in the, in the, in the tabernacle, temple. But why did Jesus tell them, uh, tell them to do this? Why didn't he just say, be healed? <laughs> I think because faith is always required of the helpless. Faith is always required of the helpless. Consider Naaman. Naaman, who had to act on faith in the Old Testament to be cleansed. It took seven washings in the Jordan for him from the instruction that he received from the prophet. He had to have faith that it was going to work. And you imagine going down on uh, that seventh one and thinking, okay, <laughs> this, is, this has got to be it. And trusting God. Consider the story of the leper in Matthew chapter 8. Different story than what we have here. Who came to Jesus and confessed faith to him. He said, I, I know that you can do this. Uh, you, you, you are able to. Will, please <laughs> help me if you are willing. And that's why Jesus healed him by just touching him. And they went on by, by faith as they did and they were healed. They heard the word of Christ and they believed and they were healed. This was by faith. They were not healed first and then told to go to the priest. They had to act on faith. In that portion of scripture, the ten lepers, as they were going on their way, they were healed. No matter how simple that was, it was still the case. And then notice one leper's celebration. One of the ten. We're told that as they began their journey to the priest, they were cleansed or healed. And what's significant again about this is that out of the ten, there was one who reacted differently than the rest. And the Bible tells us that the leper saw that he was healed. He turned back and glorified God. And he came to Jesus and gave him thanks. And you might think, why did the one react so differently? What, what was so special about this guy? I think there are three distinctions between him and the other nine that we can learn from. First of all, notice the perception of gratitude. The Bible says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed. The Bible says that he saw he was healed. Notice that he, was, he didn't have leprosy anymore. <clears throat> and and the others, no doubt, knew that they were healed, but there was something different here between them and the one. And the Greek word used here is a word that means to know or to see or to perceive. So he took the time to note that he had been blessed. Something had happened. Something had changed. 
and he realized that something wonderful had happened to him. He was sensitive to the power of Christ working in his life, and his perception had entirely changed. There's an old Jewish story that illustrates this point, and it's hilarious. There's a man who goes to the rabbi and, and complains, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? And the rabbi answers, take your goat into the room with you. And the man was pretty skeptical, but the rabbi insists, do as I say, and then come back in a week. A week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before. We cannot stand it, said the man to the rabbi. The goat is filthy, horrible condition. And the rabbi then tells him, go home, let the goat out, and come back in a week. And a radiant man returns to the rabbi a week later, exclaiming, life is beautiful. <laughs> we enjoy every minute of it now that there's no goat there. Only the nine of us. <laughs> the situation was, was the same as, as it was at first, but now his perception had changed. He realized that he was blessed to begin with. And, you know, sometimes we need that in our lives to help us realize how blessed we really are. We need to realize the many ways that God has blessed us. None of us, none of us are hungry. None of us are, are, are naked. But most importantly, if you are a Christian, you have been given everything through Jesus. And, you know, sometimes we forget that. We've been given everything. I'm not talking only about possessions, but you know, we have the Holy Spirit within us. <laughs> we have everything we need to live a life of holiness, righteousness. We have everything we need to come against sin. Everything we need to be encouragement to someone around us. Everything has been provided through Jesus. And so we have that perspective and that perception of gratitude in our lives, then things change for us. Our outlook changes. But the devil will do his best to keep your mind off the blessings of God. He will make 2020 so insurmountable for you that in your mind you're thinking, what next? I can't believe it. There's just nothing good in this year. And that's where he wants you to go. <laughs> he wants you to think that this whole year is rotten. But if you stop and think about it, there are blessings along the way that we need to consider. But the devil, the devil will do his best to keep your mind off the blessings of God. He will constantly tell you how bad you have it and how everything is wrong in your life. COVID-19. Six people for Thanksgiving? Come on, really? Wear a mask at church? You've got to be kidding me. I can't sing. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't hug anyone at church? Oh, oh, oh wait. <laughs> I've got to have that. And we can focus on all the negatives that the devil wants us to do instead of focusing on what we do have, <laughs> the blessings God has given us. You see, it's when you begin to realize how much you have in the Lord that you will truly begin to be thankful. And when you are thankful, your heart will abound with love for the Lord who has so graciously, graciously given all to us. You know, an unthankful Christian, I would, I would suggest an unthankful Christian is a defeated Christian. For he or she has lost their joy. When you lose that, then, then you're, you're, you're defeated. 
But the good news is you don't have to be defeated for long if you get your mind back on Christ, what he has done for us. But the one leper had a different perception of gratitude besides the other nine. And then notice the priority of gratitude that this one leper had. When a leper saw that he was healed, what did he do? He turned around and went right back to Jesus. Now the Lord had given the command to go to the priests, but this leper delayed. He turned around and went back to to the Lord. And maybe you might think, well, wasn't that disobedience? (laughs) Didn't this guy disobey Jesus and all this? Shouldn't shouldn't the, the Lord rebuke him for this? I believe the reason this didn't all come down is because this man realized the priority of gratitude and worship. The priority of that in a person's life. God has called his church to give glory to him above everything else. We've been created to worship him. And I believe that this man fully intended to obey what the Lord had told him to do, but he realized that he had a higher calling that must come first. Go back, give praise to God, give praise to Jesus, what has happened. If you don't give God thanks, it won't be long until your obedience just becomes a job to do. It just becomes part of your routine. You lose the meaning of what God is wanting you to do. You become unthankful. But it's fitting and proper to give thanks and praise to the Lord for what he has done in your life. So the one leper had a priority of gratitude. And then another thing, if you notice here of this one leper among the other nine, it's the perfection of gratitude. The perfection of gratitude. As he drew near to where the Lord was, he glorified God. And and the Greek here means that he he made the Lord glorious. He manifested the worth, the worth of the Lord. And he came to Jesus and fell down before him in perfect submission and gave him thanks. And the Lord asked him the question, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And then notice what he told this man. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, he was already cleansed. Now his faith has made, made him well. This is something that the others didn't receive. One scholar said that a new power was given to him that day. He had faith not just to be healed, but many commentaries state that he had the faith to follow Christ, to follow Jesus. You know, all people, all people are blessed of God, but not all follow Christ. <laughs> not all follow Jesus. And this man's thankful heart responded in faith, and he was perfected as a disciple of the Lord, being able to follow Jesus in all that he, he did. And again, for a follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. We take the example that we have here of the ten lepers and see how that one leper responded. And if you're going through these days of 2020 thinking, woe is me and everything's horrible and little dark cloud over you, rain cloud over you, wherever you walk, realize that we are blessed. God has not left us. (laughs) We have God's presence. We have the ability to go back and give thanks to Jesus for what he has done. And if you haven't lately, if you feel maybe that your your, your days of 2020 have been more complaining about what you don't have compared to maybe what God has given you, 
maybe we need to go back to Jesus and say, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are in my life. Thank you for the many blessings. And try to list them. You know, we've got this beautiful picture of thanks and gratitude. I believe we can add to it. Definitely, we can add to it in many ways. Every day, for a follower of Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. Something that I believe we need to keep in mind and remember. We, we call ourselves a follower of Jesus. We better be thankful for something in that each day. We're going to ask Andy and Becky to come on up. They're going to lead us in one last song. And in this closing song, I trust it can be a prayer for you as well. About drawing close to God and, uh, and being near Him.